scripture this morning is going to be coming from 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. First of all, then I urge that entreaties and prayers, petitions and thanksgiving be made on behalf of all men, for kings and all who are in authority, so that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dig dignity. This is good and acceptable in the sight of, our, of the sight. Of, this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Well, beloved, it's good to see all of you. Appreciate everybody for being here. We're so grateful. A lot of you starting to come on back, you know, after this COVID-19 and everything, and we're grateful for that. Some of you still need to stay home. We understand that. But there are a lot of others, brothers and sisters, in between those two. Um, my fear, at least from some folk I've been talking to, is you kind of getting used to staying home when you don't need to. Now, that's unscriptural, and we need to take care of that, and I pray that the, you'll, you'll pray hard about that and the Lord touch your heart in that regard. Um, for those of you joining us on social media, as we call it these days, we appreciate you joining us in. Um, I'm glad we certainly uh, am glad that we live in a day where we have that kind of modern technology and you all able to join us that way. Just please don't make it a habit, okay? Um, because it certainly doesn't replace God's command to be here and worship him. So we appreciate everybody this morning. Um, and it's really good to see somebody that hadn't been here for a while. As, as I say, some of you starting to come filter on back in. And we're very grateful for that. Um, I have a uh, note from my granddaughter, Kylie, a uh, near perfect young lady in grandpa's eyes. Um, it says, Dear Church, thank you so much for all the graduation presents, words of encouragement, and overall support. I would not be where I am uh, today without my church family and am forever grateful for every one of you. You all are such a blessing to me, and I love you all so much. Thank you again for everything you have ever done to support me. Love, Kylie Green. And, uh, y'all, I'm, I'm, I am uh, obviously proud of my granddaughter, but uh, also we have um, a number of graduates from high school this year, and they're just stellar young people, and we're so very grateful for them. Um, and, I, and, and, and we appreciate all you've done on behalf of all of those. Um, brethren, I want to talk today because this is, of course, yesterday, Independence Day, as we call it in this country, Fourth uh, of July, you know, and uh, and so uh, I always like to, you know, they say strike where the iron is hot, so to speak, and, and speak to what's on people's mind. That's what I try to do. Um, and the Bible, of course, speaks to all of anything we could bring up. And, and so I want to talk today just, just three lessons for the land of the free. Uh, the free. That's all I want to do is give you three points today, each one only an hour long. Um, now, um, and so uh, our text is going to be John 8, 31 through 36, because we obviously need to go here when we're talking about freedom. Um, in fact, let me read verse 30. I should have had Robbie include this. It's not his fault, but I was reading this this morning. It says that Jesus is talking about, if, if you look at cha chapter 80, he's been teaching a lot up to this point, and it said in verse 30, and as he spoke these things, many came to believe in him. Okay, and so then the, the context we hear here, so... Jesus was saying to those Jews who had believed him, that's the many who came to believe in him, if, and brethren, many Christians have, have missed this, if, that word if is always conditioned, if you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been enslaved to anyone. Brethren, all they need to do is look at their history. 
They had been enslaved by several nations. But regardless, that was the way they felt. <clears throat> and, and how is that you say you will become free? And Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is the slave of sin. If you're a slave, you're not free. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son does remain forever. So if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. The best kind of freedom and the most permanent kind of freedom we can ever experience, brothers and sisters, is from Jesus Christ. And so three things, because those who ignore and forget history are doomed to repeat it. You've heard that. And so, brethren, I want to give you three lessons to learn or maybe relearn for some of us this morning. And the first one is, and, and you've heard this before, but it's so very true, freedom isn't free. It is not free. Uh, I looked up free in my ancient, antique uh, Webster's Collegiate Dictionary that I had way back in college, and, and I looked up the word free, and of course it gives several different little things, but the very first definition it said was simply without cost. Many paid with limbs, with sacrifice, with leaving the home, with leaving wives and children behind, with leaving mothers and fathers behind, with leaving that sweet girlfriend behind. Many paid with their entire lives in order to purchase our freedom. So brothers and sisters, whether it's true for the country we live in, and it's very true for there, there's so many people that, that prayed that. You probably um, you know, heard the, the patriotic songs that's being sung and, and, and some of the shows and movies about that. And But brethren, this is especially true of Jesus. See, see for the... For Christians today that live in America, we're doubly free. And aren't we? I mean, we have been blessed tremendously, brothers and sisters, to live in this nation. And, and people say, well, Brother Green, don't you understand? I mean, haven't you been watching the news? Don't you understand? we got a lot of problems in this country. We sure do, brethren. And I don't sugarcoat that, and I don't try to sweep that under the rug at all. We've got a lot of serious problems that need to be dealt with. But brothers and sisters, one of the greatest problems we're facing is that there are people that want to take our hard-fought, God-given freedoms away from us. And we've got to be careful about that. And, and so we need to understand freedom is not free. And so we've been blessed in this country to have the freedoms that we enjoy um, and, 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 and that people in other countries absolutely do not have. Uh, but, but even beyond that, brothers and sisters, and that's a great blessing in and of itself, but even beyond that, this is especially true of the freedom that we have in Jesus Christ. Verse 32 in our text there, Jesus says, the truth will set you free. And the Bible talks about God's word being truth. Then so the truth sets you free, but beloved, Jesus paid a great price in order to give us that truth. In John 8, verse 40, in the same text, he says there, But as it is, you are seeking to kill me, a man who has told you the truth, which I heard from God. This Abraham did not do. Brethren, he's given us God's truth. And you know what? You know what? Speaking that truth to us for, his, for people that, that need to be saved, it cost him his life. And we need to understand that freedom isn't free. We have been bought. With a tremendous price. I appreciate the songs that, that um, Chris led today that, lit, that, that lean towards what we're going to be talking about and the scripture he read. Uh, let's look at a few things, brothers and sisters. And again, we understand this. I hope you understand this as Christians. Um, Paul was talking to the elders at Ephesus, and he said, Be on guard for yourselves and for all the flock 
among whom the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. We are blood-bought, brothers and sisters. That's what our freedom costs. Ephesians 1, verse 7, in him, talking about Christ, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. And then 1 Peter 1 does, Peter does a comparison between things you can use to buy your freedom with. Knowing that you are not redeemed, that means bought back or repurchased. You are not redeemed with perishable things like silver or gold. Brethren, there's been people that have been able to buy their physical freedom with silver and gold and money and things of that nature. He said, you were not, you were not redeemed with perishable things like silver or gold from your future way of life inherited from your forefathers, but with precious blood as of a lamb unblemished and spotless, the blood of Christ. So, brethren, the Son of God paid the ultimate price so that his people can be freed from their sins now and can live in freedom because the truth will set you free. And so what do we have then? And this is why things like Independence Day and all are, are good reminders because there's the forgetting, the danger of forgetting, brothers and sisters, are not being taught maybe. You know, many have forgotten the price paid for for our freedom. In the United States today, many have forgotten or take, or take for granted maybe the sacrifices, the lives given, the price paid for the freedoms that we enjoy today. Brothers and sisters, the fact that every one of us could get in our automobile today and drive here without being persecuted or stopped or questioned or, or like they're doing in Iraq and Iran, letting you get in church and then burning the church building down. We, we don't worry about that. How many of y'all thought on the way to church today, I wonder if somebody's going to surround the building and burn it down? Now, most of you think about, where are we going to eat today? We have freedoms, brethren. We have marvelous freedom. And, and we forget sometimes, and it's human nature, and we take for granted that the price the great price that people paid for the freedoms that we enjoy in, in this country. Someone said, one generation fights, the next forgets. And that's the shame of it. And then those who forget, they do not maintain their hard fought for and died for freedoms that we've been given. And brethren, that's the true tragedy because, listen to me, the devil's going to make sure there's always going to be people wherever you live in this world that's going to be doing their best to take your freedoms away. And if we forget, we're going to be in trouble. Now, that's not that. The, the, the forgetting is also true for many Christians. You know that, brothers and sisters? I, this frustrates me. And I want to be positive and upbeat. But you know what? We've got Jesus Christ came to this earth, emptied himself, become a doulos, the Bible says, a slave for us, and died the most horrible death you can die on a cross, refused to call them 10,000 angels down, after three days arose from the grave, went back to heaven, to, and, 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 and gave us a plan of salvation so we can be saved from our sins and serve the Lord, and a lot of people pay the Lord back, so to speak, or treat him in an exceedingly lukewarm manner. Oh, I'll be at church if I don't have to go to the beach. 
or if I don't have to, or you fill in the blank. It is a, it is a lifestyle of convenience, brethren. And, and we don't give ourselves completely and wholly to the God who died so we could be free. Oh, brethren, that's got to be a shameful thing. It's got to be a shameful thing to have a lukewarm, lackadaisical, non-committed attitude. God gives us six days a week, and we can't come to church one day and worship and honor him. Or won't. I'm not saying can't. Won't. That's a habit, as the Bible says, of many people. Some people, bless their heart, have allowed the devil, because the devil will use anything he can use to keep you away from the Lord and his church. And, uh, and a lot of y'all have allowed that COVID-19 to, to let the devil use it. I'm not saying everybody. I'm not painting a big picture for everybody, but there's some. And brethren, that's dangerous. It's dangerous. We have blood-bought freedom in Jesus Christ. And you don't use it, you're going to lose it, as they say. Brethren, we need to understand today that the Bible says the truly free are those who obey God and his word, his truth, John 8, 36, right? So that if the Son makes you free, you will be free indeed. The Bible goes on to say in the book of Romans, even Satan himself can't take that freedom away from you. Mankind can take your freedoms away, your physical freedoms that you enjoy on this earth, but, but the devil himself cannot take the spiritual freedom that you have in Jesus Christ. You can throw it away, but the devil can't take it away if you're determined to stay. Brothers and sisters, the non-Christian will insist that he or she is free to live as they want to live and not restrained or restricted by all them rules and regulations of Christianity that's in the Bible. And, and, and they'll tell you, I can do what I want to, when and where I want to do it, with whoever I want to, and I'm just, I'm just free, you know, and, and, and you Christians are not. But brothers and sisters, in reality, that person is a slave. They are a slave to Satan and to sin and to self. And Jesus says that in John chapter 8, 34 in our text. Truly I say to you, everyone who commits sin is a slave of sin. So those people who think they're free in reality are enslaved. So we need to understand, brothers and sisters, freedom is not free. And freedom can certainly be thrown away, the subtext of that. Number two this morning, independence means dependence. Again, people that say, that I'm independent, I can do whatever I want to, whenever, whoever, whatever, whatever. No, 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 that's not true, brothers and sisters. Independence means dependence. America became independent from England by shedding a whole lot of blood, and then, as soon as they did, they stamped on their coins, in God we trust. The Declaration of Independence, as it was called, that said this, and I quote, with a firm reliance upon providence. And they go on to explain that's why and how they were going to do what they did. By depending on God. Brothers and sisters, we depend upon the one who frees us. We depend upon the one who gives us liberty. In Acts 17, verse 25, <clears throat> the Bible says there, nor is he served. He, Paul's preaching on Mars Hill about Jesus. And he said, nor is he served by human hands as those he needed anything since he himself gives to all people life and breath and all things. Brothers and sisters, he goes on to say it's in him that we live and breathe and have our very existence. We couldn't walk and chew gum if it wasn't for God. We depend on him for everything. Us independent folk are dependent upon the Almighty. And the Bible says as a church we're dependent upon each other as well. Amen? We need to learn that lesson. 
Second Corinthians 3 verse 5 says this about our dependency. Not that we're adequate in ourselves to consider anything as coming from ourselves. How many of you are adequate all by yourself? Woo, do you ever met anybody like that? I'm God's gift to women. I'm the man. I know everything. I'm better than anybody at anything. You ever met somebody like that? Don't they make you want to throw up? Brethren, we're dependent upon God. Somebody said, <clears throat> for example, oh, Brother Green, you don't understand. I, 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 I started out from scratch with nothing, and I built my business or ten businesses or whatever, and, and I did it by the sweat of my brow and, and by my own bootstraps, and I've done this and I've done that. And Deuteronomy said, don't you even start that. Then when, when God blesses you, don't you say, I did it by my own hands. We are dependent, brothers and sisters, on everything, even the next breath we take. We're dependent upon God. We're not adequate in and of ourselves. We're not. But our adequacy is from God. And so independence means dependence. We sing that song, I need thee every hour, right? Is there ever a moment in your life you don't need God? I, I wish we could sing, I need thee every, what, millisecond. We need him. Independence means dependence. And then thirdly, in the lesson, almost done this morning, our liberties are limited. Brothers and sisters, we get the wrong idea of freedom. We really do. <clears throat> You've heard the saying, your freedom ends where my face begins. Or some versions say, your freedom ends where my nose begins. In other words, you have your rights, you have your freedom, you don't have a right to come up and just smack me upside the head. I know I give some of you reasons sometimes. But, you, you know, brothers and sisters, the Bible tells us that our liberty is not a license to sin. It is not. See, some people say, well, liberty means you can do anything, anytime, anywhere with anybody. And, and we've seen... We've seen the example of it. In California, a couple of years, maybe, I don't know, I lose track of time. Sometimes, but y'all remember the incident where a, 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 late, a, a young college student sued so that um, the, the, one of the universities of California out there so she could go to uh, class naked because clothes restrained her, and she had a right. She was free. She had the liberty to do that, you know. Um, I understand all the boys were in favor of it, but no. Nah, um, but, but, you know, you, you can go to these absurds like this, you know, and, and that's what people are doing. Brethren, we can't do that, okay? Our, our freedoms are limited. They have to be, as we're going to say. Romans 6, verses 1 and 2. What shall we then say then? Are we to continue in sin so that grace may increase? May it never be. Somebody say, God forbid. How shall we who died to sin still live in it? He said, you can't do that. You've been, he's talking about baptism. You've been baptized in Christ. The blood of Jesus has washed your sins away. You've died to that now. Baptism is a watery grave where the old man dies, the Bible says, and the new man comes forth to walk in newness of life with Christ. And he says, you don't, you're no longer enslaved to sin, so you don't live that way anymore, okay? Galatians 5.13 says this. For you were called to freedom, brethren. Jesus said, if the Son sets you free, you're free indeed. So you called to freedom, brethren, only do not turn your freedom in an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. 
Brethren, he said, you know what? You're free, okay? Now, what do you want to do? You, you want to use that freedom, not for your own selfish desire, but for others. 1 Peter 2, 16. Act as free men, because you're free in Christ. Act as free men, and do not use your freedom as a covering for evil, but use it as what? Bond slaves of God. Isn't that one of those, uh, you know, isn't that odd? He's talking about freedom and being a slave at the same time. He said, you're a free man. You're a free man. But be a slave. Wow. And now what Paul says in Romans, I'm free from all men, but yet I make myself a slave to all so that by all means I can win some to Christ. Beloved, that's, that's what we need to understand. So people get that, that all mixed up sometimes. In fact, there's some so-called liberty that is actually bondage, as 2 Peter 2.19 reminds us, promising them freedom, talking about people that were, that were given in to their own lust and everything, promising them freedom while they themselves are slaves of corruption. For by what a man is overcome by this, he is enslaved. And so these people are, I'm free. No, no, not really. Freedom demands responsibility, brothers and sisters. Our, our liberties are limited. They must be. Uh, in Judges 17.6 and Judges 21.25, it would say this, that there, when there was no king in Israel, that every man did what was right in their own sight. And then you just read below that, and you see what they did. It wasn't good. Brothers and sisters, freedom demands responsibility, and it can be abused. No society can survive on an anything-goes, no-rules-or-no-laws kind of liberty. This idea, as, as has been pushed forward lately, you know, because of things going on in our society, that we should just <clears throat> absolutely dismantle. I'm not talking about reform. There are those calling for the complete dismantling of police departments. Can you even imagine? Well, you don't have to imagine. Look at the chop zone. No police allowed in, in Seattle. What happened? Within two weeks, they had two murders, several robberies, a lot of other things until the police finally had to go back in there. We can't survive that way, brothers and sisters. There must be reasonable rules and limits and restraints for a fallen, sinful human race because the Bible tells us, teaches us from Genesis to Revelation that in our fallen, sinful state, left to ourselves, we always go spiraling downward. And that's why we need that. I'm glad we have liberty, but brothers and sisters, it's limited, even by God Almighty. So then let me ask this morning, and the lesson will be yours, Ask yourself, are you a slave in the land of liberty? So you can be. And that's what worries me, brothers and sisters. That's what worries me the most. I want everybody to be free, physically speaking, in this world. I want every, I desire that for everybody, regardless of what country they live in, what nationality they are, what race they are, whatever. I want them to be free. But let me tell you what, brethren, you can be as free as a bird, okay, um, and, uh, and, and still go to a devil's hell for an eternity. And yet you can be enslaved, and there were many people that were enslaved and persecuted for the very cause of Christ. You can be enslaved your whole life in this earth 
as far as physical and go to heaven and be with Jesus forever. See, that's the, that's the kind of slavery that I worry about. Whoever commits sin, Jesus says, is a slave of sin. The Bible says that. Now listen, if you're a slave to sin, there's only one answer for that. And let me. And if the devil can get you to remain a slave to sin, then you're going to be enslaved in a devil's hell for an eternity, person. That's a long time. That's the kind of freedom we need to really be helping people to understand. Are you a slave in the land of liberty? If so, the Bible said Jesus Christ died on the cross to set you free. He said, if you're willing to repent of your sin and to confess him to be your Lord, your master, and then be willing to be baptized into Christ for the forgiveness of those sins so that you can arise out of that watery grave and walk in newness of life and then be faithfully obedient to him, not perfect, but faithful and committed. Then you will be free. And when the Son sets you free, then you will be free indeed. If you need that kind of freedom this morning, we'd invite you to come and help you to find that while we stand in the